Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Thanks for joining us today. And as we think about the great God we serve and the great cause of Christ, uh, we need to always be conscious of the fact we've got an enemy. On Wednesday nights, I've been teaching on Satan and his work and our work in resisting and standing against satanic things. And uh, just thinking this morning about the uh, a simple word to siege or to lay siege or to besiege a city, um, Deuteronomy 19 or Deuteronomy 20 verse 19 says, "When thou shalt besiege a city a long time in making war against it to take it, thou shalt not destroy the trees thereof by forcing an axe against them, for thou mayest eat them, eat of them, and thou shalt not cut them down for the tree of the field is man's life to employ them in the siege. So um, obviously there are times battles are going to take place in a siege, the Jews would lay siege against a city. And uh, they might need lumber to burn a, a gate down or to battering rams or whatever. And he said, don't cut down your fruit trees. Don't cut down your fig trees and your things that you can eat off of. But the key there is the statement um, to, make, to make war against a city. Um, when thou shalt besiege a city a long time. And um, so a siege is when you would the enemy would basically surround a walled city and they just cut off all supplies going in or out and people going in or out. And then the, the army on the outside, they could, they could trade off soldiers. You know, you stay a week and then you leave and someone else comes and takes your place for a week and you can bring supplies in and out. And though that walled city may be uh, very impenetrable as far as a, an attack from the outside, if we have a patient enough army, uh, you can get it pretty serious, uh, hunger and thirst. In Second Kings 6, there's an example of this. In Second uh, Kings 6.25, it says, There was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for four score pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. And that's a disgusting thought, but the place got so bad. Remember the story where the two women came along and the kings on the wall burdened about his city and and the two ladies, uh, the problem that they brought to the king was, you know, this lady came and said, let's eat um, one of our sons today and then uh, tomorrow we'll eat the other person's son. And both these ladies had, you know, they and they said, we ate my son yesterday and today we went to get hers and she's hit him. And, and uh, like any decent mother would do, cannibalism. You've heard of the, you know, with all this snow, people have thought about the Donner, Donner Pass and the Donner Party. Um it's a, a horrible thought that you could get so hungry, so um, cut off. And um, and in Second Kings six, Israel was or Samaria was uh, had laid they laid siege. So in Scripture, we've read about this, and it's a principle of war, and it's a principle that is in the Scriptures. Now Hezekiah in Second Kings twenty, verse twenty. Um, he had a tunnel dug. He said, we're not going to sit in here and die of thirst. We, we can at least get water. And so from a far off water supply, they prepared this amazing tunnel, tiled the inside of it. And, you know, they didn't have metal conduits and things like we do, but they created a conduit, they called it. And they were able to have these things to bring water into the city. 
Um, now, here's just a brief thought. Now, this is not a woe is me, the world's coming to an end thought. I want to challenge you in this matter of prayer. And this is just a simple thought. When the enemy wants to hurt a people, cutting off the supply chain is a natural and logical attack. I may not be able to conquer you, but if I can starve you to death, if I can take away your your fuel for your vehicles, uh, of course, if you've read much about World War II, even a little bit in World War I, but mainly World War II, there were bridges, key bridges that were protected or blown up because they were their supply chain, train trussels across canyons. Um, they were They were vital to moving supplies to the front lines, provisions for the army, ammunition, whatever it might be. And so there were very key places. Well, that's just like laying siege to a city. If I can keep you from getting fuel for your tanks, your tanks are not a scary thing to me. And if I can keep food from getting to your soldiers, then your soldiers aren't a threat to me. Now think about where we are. You, you let the government make it difficult to get certain items. Have the government make uh, raise taxes further and further raise permit prices, add countless regulations so the cost of starting a business or producing a product gets more and more difficult to the point where uh, it's so difficult to start a business or to run a business and the cost of employees uh, and, and, and employee benefit packages are so high, now my product that I sell is going to be much more expensive and then it's going to be more difficult for the common man to get it and of course, we're, what we're doing is we are slowly squeezing the supply chain. Um, let the, the, the common man have a problem getting natural gas to heat his house or, or fuel to get to and from work. And don't mistake it. There's, there's something uh, fishy in my mind, and I can be the conspiracy person. But I, I used to think people were conspiracies. Now I are one. But um, uh, this push for electric cars... And, and even getting rid of gas stoves in California and going all electric, um, there, there's, a, there's an agenda behind this. And it is a, it's a scary agenda. Don't make any mistake. This is not about clean air and carbon emissions. If that were the case, they'd be more concerned about how batteries are produced and how batteries are disposed of, which if you haven't done any research on it, it's not hard to find. The batteries um, production and the batteries... Um, disposal creates more uh, carbon emissions than a, a gas-powered, diesel-powered car running a hundred years. And uh, they, these these batteries, and I think electric cars are cool. There, I've, I've rented one accidentally one time. We were out of town, and just like typical, I rented the you know next to the cheapest car you can get one. You can get a six-foot-four person in. And uh, I got there, and she said, "So what car do you want?" I said, "Well, I want the one I reserve." She said, well, there's nobody renting cars. Take your pick. And I said, as long as it doesn't change the price. She said, no, it just takes you. And I still didn't say anything. She said, you want a Tesla? And I said, well, if it doesn't cost any more. And so she put us in a Tesla and told us about it. I'll tell you, there's some get up and go in those cars. And they are a little creepy. They're so quiet. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Unless you think you're going to save the world with it. <clears throat> because uh, that battery production and disposal is going to do more damage than driving your Corvette around town and racing up and down streets. Um, and and it's not about environmental. It's about control. Somewhere in there, I can assure you, there's something about government control. See, our, our, our governor in California has changed laws, as I understand it, to demand that only free-range chicken eggs can be sold in California. 
Well, if you've ever seen chicken producers, they it's a factory and they have hundreds and thousands of cages and the chickens are fed and they're given water. They've got absolute controlled light, absolute controlled water and uh, temperatures and, and uh, they produce the eggs by the millions. Um, and so now he's more in, and so he says, now you got to have these chickens out wandering around and out in the open, you know, and to be very honest, I don't care if the chicken's happy. I want their eggs. It's an easy source of protein. And it was an affordable source of protein. Uh, who ever said whether a chicken even could be happy, happy, let alone whether it was happy or not happy. And, and uh, people are worried about inhumane this. And now I'll just tell you, when you start hearing the government say, we're doing this to protect you, or we're doing this because the more humane thing, I mean, you should remember the word siege. They are cutting off the supply chain. They are working with government regulations, environmental regulations, environmental protection agency regulations. They're, they're coming along with rules about how you can paint and what you can paint with and what kind of materials can be in your house. And you have to have solar panels. And I think solar panels are wonderful. Nothing wrong. I don't have one. But I don't think there's anything wrong with the, trying to get some solar uh, power. And it probably one day will be a great thing. But as of now, the production and disposal of solar panels is a environmental train wreck. Now, we're not there because now we're just putting them on all the houses, but you wait and see. This is not about the environment. This is about controlling uh, controlling the contractors, controlling the production of houses. And of course, the government's always wanted to push people where they're not homeowners and they're not landowners. Let them buy a condo, but the land belongs to a corporation. Let them live in apartments because the apartments belong to a corporation. Um, this, when our government starts controlling, uh, shutting down or controlling pipe, oil pipelines, fracking, and, and even beef, what about beef? I'm talking about outlawing and eliminating beef production because of the emissions from the beef cattle. And, uh, and, and you get these stores where they're pushing this better than beef and beyond beef. And I'll tell you, I've eaten some of that. And if you want to eat it, that's fine. That's what freedom's all about. But I'm not going to, I just don't want any part of it. And it tastes horrible. And, I, and even if it tasted better, why are we pushing this? Uh, see, it's, it's, a, it's all about control. It's, it's getting a grip on the supply chain. Control has always been the goal of evil people and the evil one. And that was the issue with masks. That was the issue with um, vaccinations. Um, you, you, you look at the, the uh, European dependence on Russia for natural gas and, and how expensive it became. To, to heat and cool their homes. Uh, you keep people cold and you keep them struggling for food. Uh, you limit how much clothing or ammunition they can get and, uh, and they're going to be easier to control by the government because if you don't do what I say, then I'm going to cut off your whatever. And uh, just think, think of the word siege. Yeah, we are being besieged by our own government. And now all that it's not a woe is me. Don't go cry and curl up in a ball and, and give up. It, it It's pray. Pray. Take time to pray. Get your family in church, in Sunday school. Get, get your family in a Sunday school class and in church and Sunday night and Wednesday night and get them involved in the ministry and teach the word of God to people uh, at a jail or a rest home and, and then pray. Get your family and get the people around you praying for God's blessing on our country. These are not times to be in despair. These are times to seek the Lord and to seek his mercy 
and to seek his deliverance. The things we're seeing happen around us are the wake-up call to prayer and to holiness and to shut off the television and to, to control the, the, tech, the digital devices in our homes because they are pumping smut into the minds of our family members and adults, you know as well as I do, uh, they're after your head just as much as they're after the kids' heads. And uh, we need to be brought uh, to, to the point where we clean up our homes and then seek God in prayer. Because we have a God, he's not far off, he's a God that's near, and he'll hear when his people pray. God bless you, have a great day.